So we're going to get started. Uh, those of you who uh, are joining us online, welcome this evening. Uh, we thank you for joining us. For those who are in the house, thank you for coming out. Uh, it's chilly outside today compared to what we've been having. <laughs> I think yesterday was summer. <laughs> and so then we walk outside today and it's cold. <laughs> not, just, not just cool, it's cold. So I asked him, I said, is it cold outside? He can never tell me because he doesn't think it's cold. And he's like, he just tells me it's 51. Or he'll tell me the degrees. You make up your mind if it's not. Or it's <laughs> I said, no, it's cold weather. It's cold. And even when you go in the store, uh, oh, your feet get so cold near the refrigerator section. I'm like, what's going on? So, yeah, it's chilly. We know that, uh, you know, we're done because yesterday we were meeting with the, some members of the town. And I'm like, I don't know, happy summer? I don't know, happy summer? They had shorts, you know. And I'm like, uh, and he's like, well, tomorrow it's going to be freezing. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> Winter's coming. Winter's coming. But uh, we thank the Lord for uh, our time together this evening. We're grateful for the opportunity to come together. Uh, you know, we'll have some changes come uh, January, the end of January with our Wednesday night services. So take advantage of as many Wednesday night services as you can. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, and uh, we this morning, we uh, during morning prayer, we encouraged one another. Amen. Uh, I know that outcomes weren't what, you know, some wanted, some some did, some didn't. I gave some examples, uh, you know, that uh, of people that I'm, I'm friends with and they're excited about the changes in Massachusetts. And so uh, every and, and they're Christians, you know, and everybody's on different sides of the aisle. And, uh, you know, I, I mentioned uh, and it's true, though, you know, that we know that the word of God says, uh, you know, that there that the, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available and is dynamic in its working. And we also know that the world and even our fellow Christians are praying out and crying out for justice. But you can't have justice without righteousness. You must have righteousness. God's a holy God, a just God, and a righteous God. And so we've got to align ourselves in everything that we do with him and his word. And so uh, when the, it's, it's not popular opinion and it's not very, it doesn't look popular, right? But if I want to conduct my life according to his word, I don't throw that away when I walk into the voting booth. That's part of who I am. I raise my kids that way, you know. I go to church that way. I go to work that way. I vote that way. I shop that way. I honor God in all that I do. And so uh, when I don't do that or when, you know, when we don't do that, and so there's, there's change that has to happen in our nation, but it starts with us in the body of Christ. It starts because if we can't do it right, <laughs> You know, if we're, you know, there's that much discord and such uh, a difference between, uh, you know, the church members, how much more? The world is watching and the world sees that. And so uh, our prayer is for the church, you know, the world, of course, uh, and, and the church that we would, uh, our eyes would be open. And, uh, you know, many people will say, well, we just have to pray. And it's true. And we know that there is uh, power in prayer. 
And that prayer is what's going to change some things. Because even if you do all that you know to do in the natural, sometimes you don't get the outcome. You say, but I did what I need to. Yeah, sometimes we don't get the outcome. But prayer can help. There are things you can change in prayer, and there are things you can't. But if you uh, have a consistent prayer life, uh, the Lord will show you those things that you can pray for. And you, it, like I said this morning, it won't be like breaking news on the TV. you got to wait for that to go, oh, my goodness, that happened. No, pray, people who pray get previews. You know those things even before they happen at times. And so we thank God for that. So I said, you know, well, if we know that prayer is so important, why is prayer the least attended service in any church, in every church across America? Prayer is the least attended service. That's why churches don't have it, because nobody comes. And it brings down their attendance. Sad, isn't it? Very sad. Very sad. But that's what's going to change our nation. Okay, we know that. Where were you last week when we prayed? You know, <laughs> that's what you want to say, right? But that's, that's where we are as believers. Children of God. We have other priorities. But then when it doesn't turn out the way we want it, we go, God, where are you? <laughs> and he says, where were you on Friday night when the church was praying? <laughs> where were you on Thursday? Where were you on Saturday? I haven't seen you in a week fellowshipping with me. I haven't talked to you. You haven't opened my word in three days. <laughs> but you want me to move on your behalf. You know what I mean? Thank God for his mercy. And thank God for his grace. Because even when you do do it, you still have the devil, you know, who's around. But I thank God that we don't have to be discouraged because God has a plan. He always does. He always has a plan. And so if you did what you knew you were supposed to do and you have peace in your heart, you sowed a seed for you and your family. So no matter what happens in this state... <laughs> No matter what happens, you and your family will be all right. Amen. If you voted on God's side, <laughs> if you voted what the Spirit of God on the inside of you confirmed, not just what I always do, because mom and them did it. Yeah. Remember uh, in Matthew chapter 15, Jesus said to, to those who were, uh, the disciples came to them and uh, they said, uh, did you know that you just got the Pharisees mad? Do you know that you offended them? And the reason he offended them was because they came to him. Now, these are the religious leaders. They came to him and said, do you know? They're coming to tell. Do you know that your disciples don't go through the ceremonial process of washing their hands? You know, do you know that they don't do that? And he said, do you know <laughs> that you folk don't keep all the law either? That's what he, he called them out. He said, do you know? Why don't you keep the law? And then he said in verse 15, verse 6, I think it was, he said, you all uh, set aside the word of God to keep traditions that were passed on from your forefathers. And because you've done that, you've made the word of no effect in your life. You have deprived yourself of the power that's in the word. Why? Because that's how they've always done it. We've always done it. We don't know why we do it, but we've always done it that way. Grandma did it, and her mother did it, and her mother before her did it, so I do it. That's how we all do things in my family. That's how we always vote. That's how we always do things. And so, you know, instead we, we say, no, we're led by the Holy Spirit. 
That's why our vision is that we live aligned to the word of God. And we make choices that are aligned to the word of God because we want to see God move in this country. We want to see God move in our lives. We give him space to move. And so uh, don't be discouraged. You did the right thing. You know, you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. You know how to hear his voice. And so you did the right thing. You'll be okay. Amen. Amen. We'll be all right. And so, uh, you know, I, you hear, I'm going to move from this state. I'm like, please don't move because there's one less light for Jesus in this place. Everybody moved to Florida. Then we got no Christians here. And then the, the devil can say, oh, I, I've got the state of Massachusetts. All the Christians ran off to Florida. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, we're here. We did just because it gets difficult. And uh, I love what uh, uh, Tony Cook sent today. He sent an email and he said uh, the church has never it's never been easy. You know, on the in the years that there is no opposition for the church. This is why we're where we're at today and we get lazy when there is no opposition. We just kind of woo, praise the Lord. We have the victory and we don't like exercise faith for nothing. We just coast by those years. But when there's opposition, we get loud. <laughs> We start doing something. And so there's going to be some opposition. And it doesn't matter if it's not easy. That's when we dig in our heels and we exercise faith. And we rest. Rest is not inactive or inactivity. Rest is believing God. Amen. And, and working for him and continuing to do what he tells us to do. Amen. So, Father, we thank you for this opportunity that we have this evening. We thank you uh, that we can come together with brothers and sisters of like precious faith. We are encouraged because we are your children. And, and you, everything about you makes us glad. You cause us to rejoice when we think of you and your plan. We just rejoice and we are glad because we know that all things, all things, because we prayed uh, according to how we were led by the Spirit of God. And we know that all things, we, we did what we needed to do, are working together for the good of those who are in Christ. That's us. And we are called and we are living according to your purpose. And so we thank you that all things are working together for our good. In Jesus' name. As we get into your word this evening, we open our ears, our eyes, and our hearts to receive that which is spoken by your spirit through each vessel. We thank you, Father, uh, for revelation and light of your word, Father God, and we'll receive it with gladness and allow it to take root in our hearts. And we thank you that the fruit that is produced by this word that we hear will increase and will multiply and will last forever. It's the incorruptible seed and it produces incorruptible fruit in Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God. So do you want to go first or do you want to go first? Who wants to go first? Okay. We have two individuals. All right. Come on, Miss Nisha. Miss Nisha is going to give us part two <laughs> on faith and love. <laughs> Praise the Lord, everyone. I'm grateful for another opportunity. I want to thank God for my pastor. I want to thank God for my husband and all the saints. Hallelujah. I thank God for his Holy Spirit. 
and I'm in agreement with Pastor Maria's prayer that God's word will go out and not return to him void. Amen. Amen. So we want to continue on along of the lines from last week. And um, I just had like a few more points that I wanted to share with you all about how God is working in my life and my husband's life, things that he has been dealing with us about. Also want to honor Pastor Jack and Pastor Marie. I forgot to say that last week. They've been taking me and my husband in on Saturdays <laughs> and feeding us and giving us the word. We appreciate you all, and we love you so much. Thank God. And we also have been learning faith with them. So I thank God for everything you all have done for us. Um, so we want to continue along these lines. So last week we talked about faith and love, and we talked about how it's important to walk in love when we are believing God for something. Amen. And I want to point out something else. So let's go to Romans chapter 10, um, starting at verse 9 through 10. This is a very familiar passage of scripture. Um, you know, we can quote it without turning to it. But I like to read it. Maybe it's the teacher in me that likes to go to the verses still. Um, so Romans chapter 10, verse 9 through 10 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth, the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made until salvation. So we know that it takes faith to be saved, amen? And at that first interaction that you have with faith, we see that faith is not only in your heart when you believe, but faith is also in your mouth, amen? You have to say something when you are believing God for something. Now, I find that the problem is not so much in us saying what we believe, but the problem comes in when we say the opposite. And that's what I want to spend a little time talking about on tonight, that we have to watch our mouth and our tongues when we are standing in faith for something. The temptation is going to arise for you to speak the opposite of what you are believing God for. The temptation is going to come up for you to speak what you see. But we need to make sure that not only uh, faith is in our heart, but faith is in our mouth consistently. Sometimes when we pray, we're in faith completely. When we're quoting the word, we're in faith completely. It's not until we get that phone call that our faith begins to uh, diminish, that our faith begins to go in another direction. For example, if you are believing God for the salvation, deliverance of a loved one, and you have your scriptures, I mean, you're in faith, you're praying, you're believing, and then you get a phone call that so-and-so is back in jail, or so-and-so then did this, so-and-so then said that, and that temptation is standing right there waiting to see how you are going to respond. Are you going to hold your ground in faith and say, this person is saved, sanctified, and delivered. I don't care about the phone call I just received. I don't care what the devil is trying to show me. This person is saved, sanctified, and delivered. The devil is waiting to see what you are going to say. Because faith is now. Faith is not in the future. Faith is not God is going to save them. No, you believe that it's done right now. Amen. So we have to make sure that we are not yielding to that temptation. It is counterproductive to pray and believe God for something, then go talk about the problem again. 
sometimes just as soon as you say amen, an hour later, you back talking, man, I can't believe she told me off like that. Man, I can't believe she did that. Man, I can't believe he said that. You just got done praying. And we were supposed to be praying in faith. Amen. So keep that consistency and know that the devil knows that what you say matters. It's not only in your heart. Faith is in your heart and it's in your mouth. Amen. Same with if you believe in God for healing. If you believe in God for healing, you can't go on and say, I believe I receive because guess what? Faith is now. Amen. You can't get up and say, oh, man, my back is killing me. If your back is killing, you can't have your back killing you and be healed at the same time. Which one is it? You have to be consistent in one direction. Amen. Same if you believe in God for financial breakthrough. You can't go around saying you broke. You can't go around claiming this recession. Recession. You can't go around claiming what your bank account is telling you. Amen. In every area of our life, if you are believing God for anything, Stay in faith, not only in your heart, but in your mouth. Amen. Another thing, don't claim things that God did not give you, such as my depression, my anxiety, my headache, my asthma, my asthma is acting up, my cancer. That's taking ownership of something God did not give you. That's not a promise from God. You don't have to receive that. You don't have to accept that. That's not yours. That's the devil's. And tell him to take it back. Amen. So you have to make sure that you're not also claiming things that God did not give you. Amen. Proverbs chapter 18. Let's turn there real quick. Proverbs chapter 18 verses 20 through 21. Hallelujah. Faith is in our heart and faith is in our mouth. Amen. Proverbs chapter 8 verse 20 to 21 and it says a man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth and with the increase of his lips shall he be filled death and life are in the power of the tongue and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof you shall have what you say God can have all the promises in the world for us and he does but if we don't allow, align our tongue with what God has already said, we will not have it. We will have what we say. Amen. We can't speak doubt and disbelief and still say we are in faith. Either you in faith or you are in disbelief. The Bible says in Hebrew, and this is a, a verse that I really love. He said the word was preached to this large group. He said, but some did not enter in. Why? Because they didn't mix faith with what they heard. Some entered in and received the promise because when they heard it, they received it with faith and they ran with faith. Amen. That's the way we're going to obtain what God has for us. Amen. Um, let's go to uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 22 through 23. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 22 to 23. Move this to the side. Hallelujah. God, we thank you for your word. Thank you, Jesus. All right. It says in verse 22, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. 
Verse 23 is where I really want to get. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promise. We don't have to draw back. We don't have to second guess. We can be confident that what God's word said about us, we can claim it. It's ours. It's ours for the taking. Why? Because we serve a faithful God. He is faithful, that promise. Amen? Hallelujah. He is faithful, that promise. So hold fast your confession without wavering. Amen. Now let's go to, um, let's go to James chapter 3, verse 5 through 10. I'll wind it down here. Hallelujah. Just a few more verses. James chapter 3, verses uh, 5 through 10. And this one was really powerful. This one really got me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Even so, the tongue is a little member and both is great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire <coughs> the course of nature and is set on fire of hell. For every kind of beast and of birds and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and has been tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Therewith we bless God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceeds blessings and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Your mouth can either bring blessings to your life or curses, and the choice is yours. It's completely up to you. Like Pastor Marie just saying, we put a lot of things on God. God, why this? Why that? And God is saying, what he said to mother, what is in your hand? What has been in your mouth? You shall eat the fruit of your lips. We can have blessings or curses. It is completely up to us. Amen. And last but not least, I want to say, number one, we talked about don't speak the opposite of your prayers and what you believe in God for. Number two, don't claim things that God didn't give you. Speak the word only. And last but not least, don't talk negatively about people. That's not walking in love. And faith working by love. So we're going to be believing God for something. God is not, you can hinder your prayers and you receiving from God, not walking in love. It may not even be about the person, but sometimes it is. Sometimes we're talking negative about the person we're praying for. Girl, did you know she told me off? I thought we was, I thought she was delivered. I thought she was saved. I thought she was set free. But sometimes it has nothing to do with the person we're praying for. It's other people. Sometimes make sure we're not falling into gossip. Make sure we're not falling into, into what the crowd is saying, what the media. Make sure that we stay in love if we are going to be in faith and receive from God. The last verse I want to read is Proverbs chapter 12 and 18. Hallelujah. Make sure we are lining our speech up with love at all times so we don't hinder ourselves. It's not God saying, oh, I'm keeping this from you. We hinder our own self when we don't walk in love at all times, especially when you're standing in faith for something. <laughs> especially make sure that love is just flowing out of you and there's nothing hindering it. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And the last verse I want to read is Proverbs 12 and 18. It says, 
There is that speaketh like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise is health. We have two different tongues here. There's one that's cutting like a sword. We don't want to be cutting people with our tongue. <laughs> the Bible said, let our words be few and seasoned with grace. Make sure that we are edifying people with our tongue. Because your tongue has the power to bring health. Your tongue has the power to bring health and healing to even your situation. You shall have what you say. Amen. Amen. I'm turning the service over to Pastor Maria. Come on. All right. Amen. Let's receive her. We're amen. 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 That was awesome. That was great. So it's almost what I'm going to demonstrate. Awesome. That's great. Glory. So precious. Great. Um, I'm going to uh, give you a testimony. But first of all, I want to thank Maria. Pastor Maria. Sorry. It's going to take a lot to do this. It's going to take a few, few days, a few months, a year to... Uh, to say it, and the heart is my best pastor ever. For giving us a place to grow. Not just to, not just teaching, but show us how to practice and how to, where to go to find more things that has already been said on his teaching so we can grow more. And then and give us the place, her pulpit, for us to express our growth. Thank you. Thank you. Because your heart wants us to, to learn. So I appreciate that. I really appreciate that. I need my, my thing to read. Sorry. Um, I'm going to read carefully because I have some things I don't want to to um, to miss every everything every time we go to school there's a test that is include the bible tests god wants us to pass every test in his word when he tell us to uh, read some chapter the end of it there's a test we need to pass. And uh, so uh, I'm thankful. Uh, since we, um, like I said, I'm going to give you testimony. What the word of God does. Uh, since we uh, turn over the ministry to Pastor Maria, um, I have more time to uh, study. I, no, it's not just the, I don't have nothing else to do. There's plenty to do. But I have more time to concentrate on myself. Um, because before I study to give, now I don't have to do that. Now I have to um, think myself. Now I study for myself because I love the word of God. I love Jesus. So uh, I want to get close to him and I want the to experience the word of God. So uh, Pastor Marie and Nation and Craig and 
Laura, and we'll have eight weeks um, that we uh, would hurl. Uh, teaching us, I mean, I learned so much in there. I, I don't know about you guys, but it, I really, it changed my life. I was, I have a fear I didn't know I have. I, I will not call, I shake when I go call somebody. Every time I have something to do with computer or anything, she does it. So I didn't, I didn't know, I know how to do it, but I didn't know I know how to do it. So this wait eight weeks really changed my thought and put the fear out. It went away. I don't have that anymore. So I'm grateful for it. But I find myself look into my heart and realize that there's a calling of God in my life for certain things that I put aside. I love people. I love uh, serving people, serving the ministry. So that's what I did. I serve other churches and a few churches, you know. Then I serve Pastor Jack and, and, and all that. And I enjoy that. I really enjoy that. So the, 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 the calling or the gifts that God put in my heart, in fact, one time I prayed, I said, God, I know this is a gift day because, you know, I started with that. That's the starting point of the ministry. The only thing that I messed up on was that I could, or we could, put the gift that was inside of me with, with his ministry and we'll be further along in the ministry. But I put my aside and then, and do it. That desire, that gift started real well. But after a while, when I get busy helping others, um, I put aside. I didn't feel fully yield myself to that. So when I get this, this eight weeks, I get in into my heart because it didn't go away. It always come back. So before, before the eight weeks, I, I started to feel that because I'm getting a word more personally. And I'm starting to get experience with the word like the beginning <laughs> when I first have, you know, filled with the spirit, you know, I got filled with the spirit. So when I get this eight weeks, I started to dig in my heart and realize the gift is there. Once in a while, you know, I yield to it. Something happened. But I didn't yield all the time because I was too busy starting to give somebody else to give, you know, to you know, work with my hands. So, um, so I decided that I, I am going to get the word of God and my heart and practice it, the word. Last year, I had uh, some problem with my, my shoulder and my knee. So I went to chiropractor and make it worse because now instead of me getting healed, it was just pain. Now would I get inflammation? 
So I have to keep putting ice on it all the time. You know, it hurt. Can't go down on the stairs with one leg. And, and not good. In the past, I get healed so many times, but I never get healed when people lay hand on me. I get healed when I practice the word. So then it, I went to the doctor. They sent me to um, specialist. See, when you have a symptoms, you go to the doctor. You put name on it. You don't know the name. You go there. But you know what? You, what? you went to school for those names. So he gave you the name, so you go home and say, I got this. <laughs> yeah? That's mine. I own it. But me, they couldn't do that. Because I told them what it was. <laughs> I tell them I lose weight so fast, within a week and a half, I, w I lost about over 30 pounds. So my muscle... So what they say is the muscle. So I said, okay, I'm working in my muscle. <laughs> so I decided I'm going to get in the word and practice the word. Because the word of God in Hebrew chapter uh, 4, 12 said, I'm going to read over here because I, I wanted to explain something. I thought, if the word of God is true, which it is, I proved that so many times, then Hebrew chapter 4, verse 12, is true. I'm going to allow that scripture to do what he said, because he said that the word of God is quick is right now, and is powerful, is sharp than any two-edged sword, is scrutinized me. It have a power, it have ability to go to my joints, my marrow. It'll divide my spirit from my soul. So the word of God, do it. But I have to do something about that word before the word do it. In the page of the book, it have no value as far as my healing. But it said that you will do it. So I find Proverbs 4, 20, it says something. That verse said, Attend, my son, attend to my word. Incline your ears. Keep it before your eyes. Put it in the middle of your heart or the midst of your heart. When you find it, find what? The word. I thought I'd find the word over here. No, it said when your heart finds the word. Then it's life and health. So this is, is uh, what I need to practice.
So if the word of God is quick, powerful, sharp than any two-edged sword, it scrutinize me, you go to the joints in the marrow, you divide my spirit from my soul, if you do that, then Proverbs gave me what to do. So my ears, my eyes, my heart have to be filled with this word. If I'm going to find a life in it, if I'm going to find a health in it, so then I need to put plenty of it in there. Not just put in there, but guard it diligently. If I do that, I'm promised that I will have life and healing and health to all my flesh. So I decide I'm going to do that. And then I get another scripture, which Mark 23. He told me whatsoever, whoever, anybody that say to sickness, because it's a mountain, you be me removed and be cast, cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, not in his head, but in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he, he said, right? You will have whatsoever he said, okay? So I decide, I, I, I learned there that my words will give me what I need. So now I'm going to put that in, in the practice. So when I go to bed, I don't sleep right away. Sometimes I do, most of the time I don't. I pray in the spirit. And when I pray in the spirit for a while, and then I have Peter 2.24. That's my promise. The Lord said, he took my sin in his own body on the tree. So I am dead to sin, alive unto righteousness. By his stripes, I am healed. So if the word of God do what Hebrew chapter 4 tell me, then I'm going to put enough of that there because I wanted to experience that. So that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm not there yet, but I'm going to be there. Those, those are pain, the, the thing in my knee, my knee is perfect. I have no problem with my knee anymore. It didn't go all in one day. It didn't go all in two days. It didn't go how many months, but my knee is, is good. And I don't take that stupid medicine, they give it to me. Because I went for, for the knee they gave me for people that have problem with their mind. Okay? So when I went, I went and looked, read the, if, the stuff, I thought, it can do something, but my mind is totally perfect. My knee needs have problem. You see? Oh, amazing. 
amazing. So I thought, I need, you know, um, because of go to the doctor, I went to the doctor first, and then when I go to the uh, specialist, you have my uh, bracket over there? You already know what I have, so you don't have to tell me, oh, you, you have arthritis, you have this or that. Oh, I see here that you have a muscle problem because you lose weight too quick. So I told him that. You don't know nothing. It's what I told him. So you're going to go ahead and tell me what I have so I can take home with me and tell Jack. I have arthritis. What I did, I take his word from his mind, natural mind, and believe it and say it. It's the same thing with Mark eleven twenty three for my healing. So which one I'm going to do it? I'm going to take the word. So I take the word. I started to meditate on these four scriptures. I don't know if I want to say it, but I'm going to say it. One day, one night, I went to bed. I could not sleep because First Peter 2.24 was in bed with me. I could not sleep. I freaking time for a little while, then First Peter 2.24. I say that scripture, which it's all the time. I say the scripture over and over again in my mind. And one o'clock, still not sleeping. So I said, what the sense? I'm going to get up and go pray. So that's what I did. I went get up and go in my little room. And I sit on there and I pray until about quarter five. So I said, okay, I feel like I can sleep now. So I went to bed to sleep. I lay down. First Peter. First Peter 2.24 was right there. I said, I thought I, you know, I did enough. <laughs> but I guess that's what called abide in the word. You abide in Jesus and the word abide in you. So I sleep. After a little bit, I fall asleep. When I fall asleep, I have I call it dream. It can be dream, or it can be interpretation, or it can be little mini vision. I take it for whatever you, you want. So I was behind this door. The door was open. I'm outside the door, outside. And there was a people around, but one person beat me up so bad that I was bruised and merciful. And before you know, I was inside the door 
like this is the door, the door was open like this. I am over here, over here. There was two um, creature, <laughs> two people, but they were not physical people. They was standing right there, and I'm standing here, but my body have no bruise. I don't feel, I don't feel pain. I don't have anything. It was like it's not me that was beaten up. I would stand over there. My body is here, but my, the real me would stand right there next to the other person. I realized it wasn't me that was be, being beat up. That person next to me was beat up. For me, I just have a quick um, thing that I used to have pain in my body. But actually, I see those pain was not, it was just symptoms. It was no disease. I didn't have no disease, but I have this symptom. But it was light, light symptoms, but it was not mine. It was already taken away. Funny how we have the symptoms without disease. But we can go to the doctor or we can, the devil can put on our mind that we have disease because I have pain. Ooh, is that cancer? Ooh, what is it? What is it? And then when we agreed with it, what happened? We invited in. See, Jesus already took the beating for us, the diseases for us. So the devil will give us the symptoms so they can put that disease on us. It's just a copy. It's just a copy that the enemy will bring to us. It's a bait to see who can take his disease. So I say, no, I don't want any. I don't want any diseases. I want healing and health. And the word of God is quick. Is right now, is not tomorrow, is right now when we put the word into practice. If we do, then the word will do what it said it will do. So it's important for us to make sure that the word of God settle in our heart and guard it with diligence. When we put the word in, then the word will do the work. We don't have to do anything. The word have already the anointing and the healing. It's a healing and health to all our flesh. Bless the Lord. That's good. That's a good word. It goes right along with what uh, Mrs. Nasha shared about taking ownership. Uh, Mr. Eric, you going to come? Uh, I'll share this with you quickly. Uh, Pastor Nancy told uh, a, an incident that occurred, uh, and we'll be talking a little bit about this as we close up our uh, Kingdom Minded series. But uh, you had talked about it too. Uh, the enemy, uh, he'll suggest, we talked about on Sunday, he, the only power he has is power suggestion. So he will suggest to you something. 
And then he'll wait to see how you respond to that suggestion. So you take that ownership of that. Then he says, okay, job here is done. <laughs> and, and now you deal with it. And then he'll be like, huh, you <laughs> weakling. Now he, the very thing he leads you into, he accuses you of. Well, Nancy said there was an incident in her life that was, um, she, there was a project that she was in the middle of. And uh, she said that the enemy kept suggesting to her that this project was very big and that it was going to cost the ministry money, it was going to embarrass the ministry, and it was going to set them back for years. And so she said that thought, look what you've done. You're going to embarrass the ministry. You're going to be set back financially, you know, and uh, it's going to cost you a lot of money. And so she said, so the minute that thought came, she said, I rebuke that thought in the name of Jesus. And she said she felt that anxiety that was in here go. But she said the only explanation she can give us is, you know, on the cartoons when thump, you know, the Looney Tunes thunk on the head with the thing, a little knock comes up, and then those birds, you know, those were, she said that's how it felt the thought was lingering. It wasn't here and heavy, but she felt like it was still present. And she said, just because the thought is still present doesn't mean that it's real and that, that you should take it. So she said she uh, went all day with that feeling. But she said, but I rebuked it. She said, but then she went to bed and couldn't sleep. And she said she went to bed and couldn't sleep. So she said, I, ha I had to ask the Lord about it. I don't understand. I did what your word said. I felt that feeling of anxiety lift I know that this project is what you told us to do. I know we'll be fine. And, and, and the Lord told her, you did not answer it like that. And she said, what do you mean? He, she, he said, there's an answer and brought her to when Jesus was tempted. When Satan tempted him with the bread, he didn't say, I'm the son of God. You can't do that to me. Do you know who I am? I'm the son of God. No, he is the son of God, but he didn't answer it. That wasn't the answer. He said, man shall not live by bread. He answered it appropriately. This is when we renew our minds and let the Holy Spirit help us. We will answer these things appropriately. And so she said, the Lord said, you didn't answer appropriately. You need to answer each of those things because the enemy is waiting. That's when he showed her. He's waiting. He suggested those things to you, and he's waiting to see if you'll take them. He'll suggest sickness to you when you have a pain in your leg, and then now you go look it up. You're giving more power to that thought. Now you go look it up on WebMD. It will take you down the road of death. Like the last thing on the list is, oh, you could die from these symptoms. Oh, well. Then now that starts processing. Now that's getting heavy on you. That's all the enemy leading you into that. It's us doing it, but it's his suggestion. And so we'll just go down that road, just like, oh, you're going to be broke. And finding, oh, that bill came in? You weren't expecting that bill. No, I wasn't expecting Why don't you go check your bank account? Okay, let me go check the bank account. You go check the bank account. All, that's all suggestion. But if we take it and don't answer it appropriately, he will stay. It will linger until we answer. He's waiting for you to answer it. You know how God watches over his word to perform it? Well, the enemy's waiting and watching to see what you're going to do. Are you going to take it? 
and, and make it yours? Or are you going to answer it appropriately the way Jesus did? And everything has to have an answer. Your words matter. She said, faith is in your heart, and it's in the words that you speak. It's in your mouth. And that's the devil waits around for it. We can't dismiss that and say, oh, he, God knows what I mean. No, the devil is legalistic. He hangs on every word, and especially the negative ones. And he'll keep you in that mental arena because that is not the arena of faith. The arena of the spirit is the arena. The realm of the spirit is the arena of faith. But the devil will fight to keep you in the arena of the, the, the mental arena where he'll whip you every time if he can keep you there. And so thank you uh, for that word tonight because that really can help us. That really can help us. And we don't just hear it and not do it. Amen. We are doers of the word. Mr. Eric's going to receive tonight's offering. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Yes. One of the things, so what you were speaking about when you first came up here at the beginning of the service, um, I'm telling you, like, the longer we're married, the more we start being on the same wavelength, sharing the same spirit. And it's very noticeable this past year. One example I'll give before I get into giving. I mean, you can go ahead and pass those out while I say this. So we're watching a show about um, these twin sisters, and one moved out to L.A., and one was still in their hometown. It's not a true story. It was just a movie we were watching one night, and um, the one that stayed in the hometown, she disappeared. So then the sister from L.A. came out, and she's walking up the long driveway. This cops and people around the search party, and they're all just doing their thing. And at the same time, we're like, there she is. Like, nobody would say, hey, is that the girl? It looks like her. You know, they know she has a twin sister, but they don't know if she's in town. So that was one of the things. And then another time we were driving and anybody have conversations in their head and then you just start talking to your spouse about them or somebody and, and they might look at you like, what? Oh, we weren't talking about that? I must have been thinking about it. Well, with us, more often now than before, it's, yeah, I was just thinking the same thing. I was going to say the same thing. And so I think that's, that's pretty amazing. And so tonight when she was talking about the Pharisees, not really... Um, you know, Jesus was telling them they're not doing right. If you look in Matthew 23, 23, which I was looking around at home and doing some studying on, on tithing, and that came up. And I wasn't going to read it, but since you mentioned that earlier, I'll go to it. All right. It's actually, yeah, Matthew 23, 23. What sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignore the more important aspects of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. You should tithe, yes, but do not neglect, neglect the more important things. And then he goes on and talking about other things, and, and they repeat it also in, in Luke eleven forty two. He's not happy with the Pharisees and the religious leaders, and, and basically he's saying you can give, you know, with those things, but it, how you treat people, this is the way I take it, how you treat people is more important, and having faith in God is more important than you saying, okay, I got all this money, and I got all these things, and I'm going to tie these things. No, when you're not following God's law, 
It doesn't matter how much money or everything you give. So that's all talking about walking in love and things like that. Now let me get back to my notes. So I was, uh, you know, with the elections and everything, it got me thinking about the Constitution of the United States and like all the other um, laws that we have in this country, whether they're local, state, and then federal, and with the Constitution that protects our rights. This Bible protects our rights. So to um, be protected by the Constitution, you're supposed to be a citizen of the United States, right? And then there's another book, and it's called the UCMJ. Fellow veterans, you know what that is, Universal Code of Military Justice. To be part of that and fall under that category, you have to be in the military, and to get into the military, you gotta pass a physical, and then you gotta go through the training that makes you become a soldier, airman, uh, sailor, marine. So that's a club. Being a U.S. citizen is a special thing, too, that none of us should take for granted. But the best club to be a part of is to be a born-again Christian. And that has an open border. We want everybody to get it. We accept anybody, blue, red, whatever else you might be. We want you in this club, and all you have to do is accept Jesus in your heart and then do your best to follow what the Bible says, these laws. And so when it comes to tithing, we follow these laws the best we can. No, we're not perfect. When I say local and state laws, how many people have done a California roll through a stop sign? I'm not really going to stop for three seconds. I'm just going to roll right through. And if nobody sees you, you're good. Unless you pass the jack. He stops for 10 seconds just to make sure. No, but seriously, so these little laws, sometimes they don't, they don't, you know, matter too much. You get caught, you get a ticket, or, you know, if you do worse things, you know, you serve time and pay huge fines. But, um, you know, when we try to follow the Bible, that's why I'm so thankful for God's grace and his mercy and his love. Because there's no point of Jesus if... We were perfect people, and so he knows that. And so when it comes to tithing, I have a couple scriptures I'm going to read. I just thank God that he loves us so much that he doesn't allow us to do these things, but when we repent, he forgives us. And a lot of times in this world and in this country, if you do something, you're not forgiven. That stays with you. And so I thank God. Uh, maybe I should save some of this thankfulness for a couple weeks from now. But anyway... So we're tithing. We get to tithe. We get to give. Some people don't believe in it, but it's God's law in here. And other preachers say we, we get to give. And I know, like I stand up here whenever I'm up here, and I say I have a list of things that I can tell you about that comes along with tithing and just being faithful with that. And I can tell you, and I always tell you, I'm not a perfect person, but God still blesses me because he knows my heart. So in Leviticus 27.30, I pulled out the wrong page. Now we're going to play this game. Proverbs 3. 
9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. Now, you know, we don't have barns full of grain. I, don't, I know all you here and I know I don't go to your backyard and you get a barn full of grain. If you did, I'd ask you why. Vats full of wine, I, maybe you do, but we can turn that into anything that our hearts desires and God will fulfill that. Amen. Everybody have an envelope filled it out, ready to be collected. Go ahead and collect that. So next Thursday, next Wednesday, I don't know why I said Thursday. Next Wednesday, I get to be up here, an opportunity and. Something that's been really in my heart since I've started coming to church and really started reading the Bible and listening to the pastors and, you know, and hearing Jesus' Bible stories and, and, you know, playing them out in my head is this part of the country, I think, people don't look at Jesus like they should. Maybe it's the old pictures when we're growing up, going to Catholic church, Jesus is on the wall, the picture, and he doesn't look healthy. He looks worried. He looks sick. Has anybody ever seen Jesus of Nazareth? He looks frail. It kind of scared me. But you know, when you see Jesus, you're going to be overwhelmed. And so I feel like people in New England, they they don't think, I'm going to talk about how strong he is. And I'm going to, you know, we all know how spiritually strong he is. He's inside us and every one of us. And and we can't even fathom that until we get to heaven and figure out how, when we realize how, how everything works. But even in the natural, this guy was not walking around. I mean, he was healing the sick. He had, you talk about the story of how many soldiers went to go find him. You know, there wasn't a few guys. It was, you know, half an army going to arrest him. And he knew it. And, you know, the mental strength to get through that, too, knowing once he realized that he had to go to the cross. He didn't choose to. Well, I should say he, he had to, to fulfill the covenant, but he could have changed his mind, just like when he could have, you know, changed that rock when the devil was trying to trick him. But, you know, he knows everything that we, can, that we go through, whether it's physical ailments or mental ailments, because he experienced all that going to the cross. And so I'll get into... More of that. I don't want to get carried away. We'll be here till 10 p.m. But so it'll be great if you tune in next Wednesday. And if you if you show up, I want to talk about how strong Jesus is. And you know, carpenters, you know, they have to lift a lot of wood. So you know, he was probably a physical specimen. Actually, he was a physical specimen. Very strong. So yeah. Anybody else want to come up here? Ivan's in. So you want to pray over the offering? Thanks, guys. Amen. Yeah, okay, Mr. Ivan, you're on next next Wednesday. Hallelujah. You can bring that up here. Father, we just thank you for uh, this service tonight. I thank you for the word. I thank you what you're teaching each and every one of us. Just so grateful for how, Holy Spirit, you are just helping us and showing us, making the word more clear to us and making it applicable to our lives. We're so thankful for that and giving life 
to the word. And so I thank you. And I thank you that as we sow this evening, whether it's our tithes or offerings, I thank you, Father, for your faithfulness in our lives. You're so faithful to us. And so we desire to be faithful to you. And this is just one opportunity that we get to show you faithfulness. And so we thank you for this opportunity. I call every single person who has uh, participated here online, I call them blessed. I thank you that the blessing of the Lord makes them rich and adds no sorrow to them. I thank you that the fruit of their hands, their labor is blessed. In Jesus' name, and we give you all glory and praise. Amen. Glory to God. Well, thank you for coming out tonight. Thank you to uh, Mrs. Nasha, to Mom, uh, Mr. Eric, for sharing the word. We receive it, and we go out here blessed and full. Amen. Have a good night.